Sometimes you just need a little spiritual guidance to help get your life back together. It can be compared to mosaic art. Many little pieces that come together to form something beautiful. Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Your host is Mosaic Shaman, Christy Ellen. Christy and her guests are here to ensure that your life is just as you deserve it to be. Happy. Now, here's your host, Christy Ellen. Welcome to the gardens. Today we're going to have a conversation about the art of allowing. So glad you joined me here in the garden. It's a beautiful place to be. The flowers are blooming. Summer is in full swing here. And it is just a joy to be able to express the art of allowing together here. It's the best place you can be today at this moment in your life is here in the garden with our conversations. So I'm going to ask you to get yourself comfortable, whether that's sitting on the ground or putting your feet on the ground. We're going to go into our schematic meditation prayer to open up the sacred space for this conversation today in the garden. And as we drop in and we use your breath to clear out any negative emotion that may be holding itself in your body. And as you do that, you breathe in, and on the exhale, just allow any thoughts that are contrary to the movement of this moment to go, concentrating on being present right here. When you go into your breath, you drop into your body and bring yourself into present moment, connected to who you divinely are, dropping your breath into your belly allowing your belly to become soft and as you exhale allow any energy or tightness leaving the body and relaxing dropping into your heart breathing forward in your heart allowing it to be open to receiving new information and understanding in your heart is where you keep your garden that sacred peaceful place where you go to be connected allowing yourself to go into your inner garden the place where the divine self lives, the whole incompleteness of who you truly are, residing in that place, in that moment. Connected to all wholeness, for you are a divine being of light and love. Connected to that, nothing else. You came from love, you can be nothing else but love. And in this garden, in this safe place, allow yourself to be open, to be receiving the message of the art of allowing today. In this place, all things are possible. In this place, we are whole. As we change our stories, we change our life. We ask the elements of the four directions to enter this circle of sacredness, creating a space for us to be open to learning and sharing today, to be connected because we are connected to all things. There is no separation between you and your God source. You are that God source and that energy that flows through you. We ask the wisdom and energy of love to fill the space as we say, welcome to the garden. All things are possible when you're willing to walk through your fear, let go of what's not working to have what does. And today we talk about the art of allowing. You can go to soulhealerspath.com to receive a free meditation and to get a seven-day chakra meditation that will change the emotional energy of the body, taking negative emotions out, and changing the story in your life, making all things possible. Namaste. So today we're going to be talking about the art of allowing. 
So what if you could create anything in your life, what would it be? What would you wish and where would you wish to be right now? Where in your life and what would you be wishing to do? How do you get there is the question that the art of allowing opens up to be able to creating what you want in your life. We talk a lot here in the garden about love versus fear because we get to choose every day when we get up whether we go into love or we go into fear. Fear is an emotion that is it's like a, the warning signs when you get to a, a, cross, a crossing for trains that says a train is coming, stop. That's how fear was established. It was established to be an emotion that stopped you from doing something that might hurt you. When you walk down a dark alley and you feel that feeling of fear, you don't go into the alley way. You just make another choice. Fear is, is a signal that something's not working right and to pay attention to it. Unfortunately for many, it has become the driving force of their life and they are living from that place of fear. To know what fear will grow you and what fear will kill you is really important. And your brain doesn't know the difference to that. It's just trying to keep you alive and safe. If all of the neurons in your in your body were going off at the same time and every every time you touch your arm, you can feel, you touch your arm now, your brain says, oh, you're touching your arm. But if it was listening to everything going on, it would say, my clothes are touching me. Oh, the wind is touching me. Oh, my hair is touching me so it goes and it gets become selective about what it listens to and it takes and says okay we are going to make this a shorter experience in how we process things by going back to things we've learned before and it will go back into the past and live your life from a place of the past and when it does that you're running your life from something that happened back in in your past an experience that then had an outcome that may not be and usually is not the experience or the outcome you're having right now so when you go into that place of fear and the brain says oh we had this experience before we don't want to grow anymore we had the experience of when I went out and met somebody new they weren't very nice to me so I'm not ever going to go out and meet somebody new then you become isolated And you're not coming from a place of love. So when I'm talking about love versus fear, I'm not talking about the healthy fear. You know, I was hiking the other day up on a trail and I saw a very large rattlesnake. And this rattlesnake was three feet long and about four feet round. And it had seven rattles on the end of it. And I did not try to cross the trail with the rattlesnake there. I stayed my distance, let the snake climb up the mountain and get out of the way. My fear said, stay away from that snake. Now that's a healthy fear because the snake would have bit me. I would have been in a bad situation. So those are healthy fears. What I'm talking about is those fears that say, don't try some new project because it's also saying, oh, wait a minute. It's ringing off the bell like the rattlesnake. So if you can go down and take a piece of paper and you go down that list and you write the fears that are going on in your head, you'll look at those and you'll say, this fear will kill me. This fear will grow me. And every day I pick something out of the list of fears that will grow me. But in order to see that list, I had to take it out of my head and put it on paper because automatically my body that keeps me alive, the body that keeps you alive, automatically that body that breathes your, your, your lungs, that gives um, blood flow to your heart, is taking good care of you, is automatically running from a place of the subconscious. 
And so you want to be conscious of one of those things that are running from the subconscious that aren't helping you. And those are those fears and behaviors and thoughts about your actions forward. So meeting somebody is not the same as meeting a snake on the trail. You don't have to run from it. Now, when you can learn to listen to your intuition, you'll know if that person is safe or not. Because there are some people out there I understand that aren't always safe, but most are. Most are safe. And when you go out and meet new people, you open up your possibilities of growing yourself. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about love versus fear and choosing love. Love is that place of am I living to my divine potential today, sharing and giving to others what will expand them and grow them so they can live to their fine potential. Because as I expand and as you expand in a place of love, you touch everyone around you and they expand and expand and grow too and it changes their life. What have you lost and where in your life have you lost love because you are not willing to change and allow love in? What are you losing in your life as well from that place of not being open to allowing love to come in and be open to change? When you, um, a lot of times the people say that they've fallen in our love Um, But when you are feeling love in your life, when you're feeling love, not falling in love, but feeling love and expressing it, you are the most alive in your life. Because love is always a choice, love is about choice. If you're not where you wish to be, it's because of the choices you are making right now in this time in your life. So just make different choices. You can choose something different. You can choose to have a different emotion, a different feeling. You can choose to be in a different place. Love needs to be expressed through us. That's how it grows. By expressing it through us, it helps another. And more than ever on this planet right now, we need teachers teachers that are teaching about hope, love, and faith. We need to have that because we are being bombarded every day by fear. The fear of things that really aren't real. That fear of the false false things that appear real. False things that are looking real that really aren't. So we want to have to be able to have this love where we come from a place where we are surrounded with loving, giving energy. Because fear all around us is like a fog. It's like this fog that fogs the brain so we can't see the love that's in that situation where we're relating to other people. I remember skiing once and... um, I was skiing around a lake and a fog came in and I was skiing through this fog, cross-country skiing, and I skiing through this fog and all something, something said to me, stop. And as I did, I looked down and my tips of my ski were just above the lake, just about ready to go into the lake. So when you have that fog, you can't always see what's going to happen next. So fear will fog the brain and cause us to be in a place where we can't see what's happening next. But opening the heart and seeing the truth of who you really are that divine love, will open it up like the sunshine. As I stood there for a few minutes, I asked, because I was a little confused about where to turn around, for help, and this beam of light came through the clouds and showed me where to go. And that's love when it comes through the clouds and shows you where to go. If you have built walls around your heart that do not allow good things to come in, because walls keep everything out, They may keep you safe, but they're keeping out the good things that can come in. So what we're going to learn about is having discernment. 
that art of allowing things to happen in our life, but also having discernment. Discernment is the ability to see what will move you forward and what will not, what is real and what is not. That discernment will give you the ability to know when to trust something and when not. And that discernment comes from going inside and asking your God source through meditation, through deep inner work. And then you can open up to receive that deep understanding of what is true and what is not. Holding love when you are designed to love, when you hold and withhold love, when you don't give it out, but you hold it, you withhold it, holding it deep inside, inside that prison of the wall you keep so you can be safe. When you do that, it goes against the design of the flow of your energy and your life. It goes against who you truly are. And it brings illness to the mind and disease to the body because it's like darkness. It's like it brings depression, shame, and blame, which is that darkness. And it hides your light. It's like putting your light, well, I don't say under a bushel. You have this bright light that shares to others. When you hold it inside that wall, not having the art of allowing things to come into your life, things can't come in. You can't have the art of allowing when you close your heart. When you open your heart to love and life, light flows out and fills the room. And it fills other people's lives around you by being open to that. Your expectations can get in the way of allowing the good of life to come and making all things possible. So sometimes you expect things to be the way that you want them to be. You have that high expectation that this should be this way and it should look this way. And that is a form of fear because expectations to have things look and appear a certain way will stop the beauty of love and opening coming in. Because without those expectations, you can be open to see the beauty of the flowers. It's, it's like going on a hike and all of a sudden you see someplace and you say, let's go over there. And you go over there and you find this beautiful river. But if you had had the expectations of going out and coming back, you would miss the beautiful moments of growth. And that, you know, I travel a lot. I travel a lot around the world. And when you get to do that, when you get to be out there, you have to be open to allowing good things to come in. You have to be open to allowing the people who are going to help you next. You have to be open to allowing the places to eat. But if you set up an expectation that it should look this way and it should go that way, when it doesn't, you will close up and go into a place of fear. And that's where anger and resentment comes in because it didn't turn out the way that you thought or wanted it to be. But when you have that art of allowing, you allow things to come in and good things will come and you get to see them different. And then all things are possible because when you're willing to walk through your fear, let go of what's not working to have what does, change your story and change your life, all things are possible. That's what we do at soulhealerspath.com soulhealerspath.com may take you on journeys to walk through these different fears and have the art of allowing come in and you change your story you change your life are you allowing fear or love into your life that's the question I want to ask you today what are you allowing to happen fear will rob you of your life it'll leave you alone and isolated I have a dear family member I love so much who's in her late 80s who now locks her house with four deadbolts, doesn't go out in the neighborhood because she's decided that it's not safe. Now, I stay with her on and off, and I go and I walk around her neighborhood. There are some delightful people in her neighborhood growing beautiful flowers, growing beautiful gardens. Her story that she told me about the people in her neighborhood is not the story that I had when I walked around the neighborhood. So... 
It can leave you isolated. It will close you off from being open to new love. Fear blocks feelings of, of happiness and joy and stops the art of allowing. Each day is a new one. If you can approach it with a new thought and see the colors, go outside, see new colors, new smells. Go on a creation hike. I love these. I go on creation hikes where I just wander around the city and talk to people. I wander around the country and talk to people. I go on creation hikes and walks to see what is there, being present in the moment. You can write a letter to your fear and you can burn it. And you can write a letter to your love. And you can see where the differences are. And that will bring to the surface what you can do to change. I love to talk to people about inspiring, the inspiring things that are going on. I, I go, whether you're in a trailer park or on a bus or in a temple in Thailand, I talk to people. It doesn't matter where I'm at. If I'm presenting in front of CEOs, I talk to them about what they're doing to share and change this world. They love to share their stories, and everyone has one. Healing Art Production is all about that. Healing Art Productions is where we go around and we interview people, making, talking about all things possible on this road. I'm going on the road this summer. I'll be leaving in July, and I'll be taking the video camera. I'm writing my book, my book about an awakening one woman's journey through fear and I'm going to interview people for the radio for the television show that I'm doing on Women's Broadcast Network as well and the production company so you can go to Soul Healers Path and find out all about that the Healing Art Production Tour it is an art of allowing to to bring in that art of allowing being able to be open to the art of allowing is what is allowing me to take this tour and the art of allowing in your life will allow you to do the things that you so dream of and desire and make all things possible living in a place of love. I'm going to be talking today with my guest. Her name is Jamie Lerner, and she uses the art of allowing to create in her life an amazing experience. We're going to take a break, and as soon as we come back, we'll be talking to Jamie Lerner about the art of allowing. So join us back into the garden in just a few minutes for that conversation to continue. And thank you for being here today. Namaste. It's time to live an inspired life. Join Christy Allen, the Mosaic Shaman, as she enhances the quality of your life. Healing with art is Christy's focus. At SoulHealerPath.com, if you follow the steps and use the skill that Christy Allen teaches in Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching, doing your part and taking 100% of the responsibility for your life, changing your life story, then in one year's time, you could be living the inspired life of your dreams. Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching offers four life coaching packages, starting with the Serpent Path, which is all about awareness and letting go of what you do not want to have and embracing what you do. Go to Soul Healer's Path and sign up for a one-month session of Clearing the Light Body. So come and walk the medicine wheel with Christy Ellen. Visit soulhealerpath.com or call 435-260-9598 for a special newcomer's one-month coaching package for just $300. Christy Ellen is an intuitive healer and master creator. Let her guide you to living the life to which you were born to live and go from ordinary to extraordinary. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This 
is Welcome to the Mosaic Garden with Christy Ellen. To connect with the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you may send an email to healingart.kp at gmail.com. Now, back to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Welcome back to the garden. I am really excited today to be talking about the art of allowing. And my guest today is Jamie Lerner. And she's a co-author of the book, The Ever-Loving Essence of You. Her um, Most often, she, most of the time, she's working with children, adults, and couples as she helps them look at the art of allowing. She never positions herself as an expert at anything, but always remind you that it's you who knows the best for you always. I found that very interesting, Jamie. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's such a pleasure to be here. So let's talk about that for a moment, um, that you're not an expert in anything because we, you think you're teaching people that they know the best for what they need to do. Is that correct? Or can you um, shed some light on that? Yes, this is true. So uh, originally I was trained as a psychotherapist and I really shifted gears because um, I felt that we were not really helping people by asking them to continually look backward when in fact what was most important is for them to begin to trust themselves, understand who they are, and know that they are the best experts for themselves and then to be able to identify what they're wanting and move forward. So I never position myself as an expert, and what I really try to do is assist people in assisting themselves to shifting from where they are to where they would like to be. And the art of allowing is a lovely practice that really helps people um, move about the world in a very joyous and free way um, and form unconditionally loving relationships with others. So explain more about how the art of allowing um, helps move forward, how the person move forward, has the forward movement. Allowing is more of a practice or an art. And allowing is not tolerating. Allowing is different from tolerating because t- when you tolerate someone or something, you're really putting up with that. But to allow is to embrace people's decision to be who they want to be for themselves without having to take that choice on. So when we're able to embrace another for who they present themselves to be without asking them to be different so that we will feel better, that is a lovely way to interact with somebody else. However, in order to authentically do that, we really need to allow ourselves to be who we are and where we're at in the moment. And the clearer that we are about where we are and what we're choosing for ourselves, the easier it becomes to allow others to make that choice for themselves. So when you go in inside and you um, do your, your own inner work and you allow yourselves to be who you really are, then it opens the door for other people to do that as well. I think so, and sometimes just giving people permission to be who they are and where they're at is, you know, enough for them to entertain that thought and become curious about that, because clearly we, as children, we grow up being coached to look outside of ourselves for 
another's response in order to determine how we feel about something. And that's really, I think, what creates unauthentic connection with ourselves and with others. So how do you keep keep your boundaries when you're um, allowing others to have their experience? Because you're having your experience. And I know that um, most of us out there realize that our experiences are different from each other. Or we may be experiencing another person is not. How do you keep your safe boundaries when you're allowing someone else to have their experience around you? Well, I think that when we decide to have no judgment and we can accept another person for who they are and where they're at in their life without having a point of view about it, then it feels really good. We remain connected to ourselves and we allow the other person to be where and who they are. So I think the key is not to take it on. So in a little while what is, ago... What, were, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean not to take it okay. on? <laughs> so a little <laughs> while ago, you, you were explaining, uh, I believe it was a relative that you know, and, um, and she, her choice about putting locks on her door to feel safe. So, you know, it's to interact with that person with the most love and compassion, understanding that that's just where she is. And that's perfectly fine. Because it really doesn't have anything to do with you. And then you are going to move about the world in that neighborhood being who you are. And when two people can respect the differences without judgment, it really allows for an amazing, unconditional connection. Yes, because no matter what I say or do, it's it's not my business what she's doing. I haven't had her experiences to be in that position. I know that when it makes when I do walk around the neighborhood, it makes her uncomfortable, and she wishes I wouldn't. <laughs> but because that's she's my not experience. in an allowing place. But if she were mm-hmm. in an allowing place, if she felt very clear and comfortable about her choice, she would feel more comfortable about your choice. And I think that's the key, and that's where we practice this art of allowing. How can we become so clear about where we are in this moment for ourselves? And when we do so, it becomes so easy to allow another to make that choice for themselves. So we're kind of coming into what I wanted to ask you about how this um, way of being can change our lives. And you're, you're starting to talk about that. Tell me a little bit more about how this could change each person that's listening's life when they're open to allowing Well, it feels really good. If you're in a situation and people are talking about something that is not resonating with you or something that you are not comfortable with, you know, it's really a nice thing to excuse yourself. But to excuse yourself without the judgment around whatever is going on, that allows you to really remain connected to yourself. And I think that the most important thing that we can do for ourselves is remain connected to ourselves at all times. And then we stay connected to other people. So the reason... So when you, when you can happens, excuse yourself without judgment, that's that's a, a nice form of self-love, is it? That you can actually... Yes, it is. Actually, it's the highest form of self-love without judgment of self or other. And have you always had that ability to have self-love for yourself? Have you always felt that in your life? Me personally, yeah, I in your that personal that's, life, <laughs> that's my superpower. That um, I am, you know, always connected to myself under all circumstances. And I have to say that, you know, I have children and grandchildren and people all my life that 
really at times are very frustrated by that because whatever it is that they're doing, no matter what that behavior is, their choice does not affect me. I do not become unhinged. I do not become reactive. I do not allow myself to disconnect from myself in any way. And I think that sometimes that's misinterpreted as that I don't care or that I'm detached. But in fact, it's really about really, you know, respecting the other person and allowing them to be where they are in that moment, knowing that that does not have anything to do with me. Well, how did you get that? How did you get that ability to have that connection with yourself? I think we're all born with this. Okay. I think that, you know, as time goes on and we interact with parents and authority figures and just life and contrast, that we practice ourselves away from the authentic connection that we have to our inner knowing and our inner being. So, so um, we're born with that. We come in as a child. We have that ability to be connected, but somewhere along the way, we're losing that because then at some point in time, we're, we're adults and, and midlife trying to figure out how to love ourselves again. So what happened and true. how do they get back on? How, how, what happened and how do they get back on? How do we get back? How do we? There's not a they, but there's an us and a we. How do, how do we get back onto loving ourselves again? You know, I think um, when we become clear for ourselves, the decisions that we're making, instead of looking outside of ourselves for approval, but we remain, um, you know, focused on how we're feeling about decisions that we're making, how we are taking personal responsibility for how that feels for us, not being dependent on how others are going to feel about that. I think that is such a wonderful form of self-love. And when we're certain for ourselves, I think that other people respect them. Yeah. When we're very clear. Because no one loves you you more than you love yourself. You put out that energy of however you're feeling that day. I know that um, we can get up and we can feel really good about ourselves and go out and have a wonderful day. And then the next day, wake up and and not feel good about ourselves because of something. I don't know, something we ate, something we did. I know I would go on this this emotional roller coaster where one day I felt like my body was beautiful, and the next day, 24 hours later, I felt like it was fat. So you're saying that you don't have that, or you've been able to have the ability to discern or move yourself away from that? Is that what I'm understanding? From that, yeah, those emotions? I've always trusted myself and I've always looked inward for that guidance and really believed that that was the only place that that guidance was true. So, um, and, and it feels really good when you trust yourself and you know yourself and you love yourself. And what I can say is oftentimes what people are thinking that other people are thinking about them is actually what we're thinking about ourselves. That is true. So, that is true. I know that there, so, most people are more concerned with their own selves, and they're really not looking to see what you're wearing and what you're doing. They're not really paying that much attention. No, they're not. But when we're able to have these loving conversations with ourselves, and I really believe that the most important relationship that we'll ever have is the one that we have with ourselves moment by moment, and that is the foundation for every other relationship that we go on to have. As a matter of fact, how we feel about ourselves, there's a direct 
correlation with how then we feel about others. If we love ourselves, we love all others. If we're angry at ourselves, we're angry most of the time at others. How has that self-love helped you move your life forward and what has it doors have opened for for you that may not have opened had you not had that? Well, um, you know, I think that when I was growing up, I was very rebellious. I grew up in a very wonderful environment Um, in my home. There was a lot of allowing and um, there was a lot of permissiveness. And we really were encouraged to trust ourselves, and that was wonderful. But oftentimes, I was confronted by teachers or adults or institutions that really uh, was not interested in my free-spiritedness. And instead of internalizing that and feeling bad about it, I was able to really understand it that whatever this was that was going on, it was not about me. And so I, I think that if we are able to take a step back and understand everybody else's behavior is a reflection of themselves, not us, but that's a very helpful thing, although it means not reacting. It means taking a moment, taking a breath, understanding that if someone is confronting us, asking us, you know, ourselves, is does this really have anything to do with me? And 99% of the time, it does not. I, I remember Wayne Dyer's once sharing a comment that what other people think of me is none of my business. And to be able to, to move into that place. But, you know, society does want people to fit into a mold a lot. And um, I, I'm one of those people that wears something different just to wear something different. I, I never have fit into the, that society mold of things. But I know a lot of a lot of people struggle with trying to figure out how they they can be themselves in a mold that's trying that, to tell them that the more you have, the more you are. I think that that's a choice, and I think that sometimes we use the outside world as an excuse to not create the relationship with ourselves. So it's important that you make a a choice and take personal responsibility for what you're choosing, which is what you talked about earlier, Um, because if we are trying to please the outside world, it never will happen, you know, no matter what is going on, someone will have a point of view about what we're doing or saying. So that probably is not going to work. What would work better is when we have our point of view about ourselves, when we understand that who would know better for me than me? Nobody. There's nobody that knows better for me than me. That's true. When and you're out there trying to please everyone else, you get to be so, you have to be so many different people and wear so many different masks. It can honestly get exhausting. I, I think that I, I see that going on around us where people are trying so hard to be this person at work, this person at home, this person around their friends. And when you meet somebody who is authentically who they are, a lot of people don't know how to take that. They don't know how to be in the presence of someone who is really real because there's been some distrust. What would be your advice to people that are out there out there trying to build new love relationships, let's say, and they're, they're trying to move into a loving relationship, but they're just not sure 
if that person they're meeting is authentically who they say they are. Is there any ways to know that, to be able to, to discern that? Well, I, you know, I think that what where we are in this moment is what we attract into our experience. So whatever it is that we are attracting, I think, is a reflection of where we are. So if we are loving ourselves, we will attract another that is also loving themselves. If we are not loving ourselves, we probably will not attract another who is loving themselves. And can we expect another to love us if we do not love ourselves? No, we cannot. Yeah, we won't be vibrating at the same level, right? The nice thing that I have found is that when I move about the world and come across people, all kinds of people, and I also travel a lot, I am such a relaxed, allowing person that it kind of allows people to take a breath. It kind of allows people, it's disarming. My presence is very disarming to everybody because I have no judgment. I'm so incredibly comfortable with who I am and where I am that I just allow everyone around me to be who and where they are. And that feels really good. It feels so good to me. It feels so good to others. And it allows me, without saying anything to other people, to connect with them in such an intimate way. So do you open up to them? Do you open up to them in conversation and share um, things about yourself, or no? um, I I don't share anything about myself. It was more of a vibration. It's more like standing next to someone and just being so at ease. And all of a sudden, you watch the person you're standing next to. All of a sudden, they're really at ease because the only thing that you are, you know, sharing with them is just this unconditional love and acceptance. So you're sharing that through a vibration of just being quiet and not even um, having a communication of language, but a communication through the energy field of another person. Yes. And then I'm very approachable. If someone approaches me, I'm so happy to talk with them or whatever. But, you know, it's so interesting how often we can interact with people without speaking, you know, without, you know, just very, um, I guess, on a vibrational level. And it's, it's, it's very nice, you know. You can just make eye contact with someone and for a moment and feel a connection. I know. I think people get, um, I think sometimes we get a little nervous. I say we because, you know, I've done that too. In, in sitting in a situation where it's so quiet, it always feels like we need to talk, that there needs to be conversation. And that talking can get in the way of actually having a a connection with another person because listening isn't just about the communication of vocal and the ears that you're you're talking about an energy source of listening so that you open up to this energy of listening i i can be on a bus places and people will sit down next to me and start telling me their story and if i just listen something changes in their vibration and they start they leave, they may have sat down feeling sad and then they leave smiling have you had those experiences in your life as well uh, you know i have and i attribute whatever it is that they leave with as their own so you know i think that when we're amongst other people we are responsible for where we are and who we are and we allow all others to come and go with whatever they choose. But I don't feel that 
I am giving anyone anything, per se. Okay. So, so, I, I, so you just, you're just being yourself, and then whatever they get out of it is their experience. Is, is that correct? Exactly. That's mm-hmm. allowing them to take or not, whatever it is. Exactly. So I have zero expectation. Well, how, how, that's how did also you... really nice. And, and you're, what I wanted to ask you is how did you discover this in your own life? So you really just had it mirrored to you by your parents and you automatically knew to do this? There wasn't a point in time in life that you discovered more about the art of allowing in your you own know, Abraham, Abraham Hicks is a huge influence for me. Mm-hmm. He is like my mentor and my teacher. So um, a lot of the art of allowing came through through her teaching. And I think that because um, I really do not take the credit for anyone else's growth or anyone else's anything. So when we remove our ego, I think that we're really in such a wonderful place to receive people differently. Yeah, I I enjoy um, their work as well. And I know a lot of you out there have listened to the vibration and the conversation with with being present in the moment and the art of allowing. Um, I would like to talk a, a little bit more about how we change what we program to feel. We're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, if you would share with us um, how we change how we're programmed to go right into the feelings of guilt and anger and resentment and all of those lower vibrations. So if you stay tuned, she'll share with you when we come back. And we'll be right back with Jamie Lerner in just one moment. Thank you, Jamie. It's time to live an inspired life. Join Christy Allen, the Mosaic Shaman, as she enhances the quality of your life. Healing with art is Christy's focus. At SoulHealerPath.com, if you follow the steps and use the skill that Christy Ellen teaches in Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching, doing your part and taking 100% of the responsibility for your life, changing your life story, then in one year's time, you could be living the inspired life of your dreams. Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching offers four life coaching packages, starting with the Serpent Path, which is all about awareness and letting go of what you do not want to have and embracing what you do. Go to Soul Healer's Path and sign up for a one-month session of Clearing the Light Body. So come and walk the medicine wheel with Christy Ellen. Visit soulhealerpath.com or call 435-260-9598 for a special newcomer's one-month coaching package for just $300. Christy Ellen is an intuitive healer and master creator. Let her guide you to living the life to which you were born to live and go from ordinary to extraordinary. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Welcome to the Mosaic Garden with Christy Ellen. To connect with the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you may send an email to healingart.kp at gmail.com. Now, 
Back to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Welcome back to the garden. We're having conversation in the garden about the art of allowing with my guest, Jamie Lerner. She is the co-author of the book, Ever-Loving Essence of You. And we've been talking and sharing in the garden about these feelings of emotions and how do we, Jamie, go from going right back into the programs that we seem to have, have accumulated over time of feeling such as guilt and wanting to please people because we've talked a little bit about that. So how do we deal with those programs when they show up? Um, well, I think that we can slowly begin to make the shift from resenting others who come in and out of our lives to appreciating all of those experiences. Um when we understand that we have vibrationally attracted them. So um, we can become curious and look at situations and people as powerful indicators of where we are in this moment. So let's talk about what you just said about vibration attracted them. How do we vibrationally attract someone into our lives? Well, sometimes it's residue. And I would say 90% of the time, it's vibrational residue. So when we're young and we go through life, we just pick up a lot of vibrational um, residue that is not ours at all. It's, you know, things that we've heard in our homes. It's feelings that our parents had. It's feelings that our siblings had or people in our life. And we kind of, like, pick them up, these little sound bites. And um, they really have nothing to do with us. But... Then, without really even realizing it, we've created this whole story about where we are in our life. And 90% of the time, it's not even true. So, to begin to understand what is that story that, you know, you're incessantly telling yourself and others. And first of all, does it feel good? Probably not. But if it does feel good, then that story is working for you. If it doesn't feel good... You know, to take a moment and to try to untangle what that story is and to figure out what does that really have to do with you and your now. And I really like to encourage people to look at their life right here and now in this moment instead of, you know, what happened to them all those years ago. So staying present in the moment, staying here in this moment, Will yeah. help change the story because you you want to, you know want to know what your story is. How important is it to know some of the past to be able to heal the future, or is it important just to stay in the now and not really even go back into your past? What what's your I points think, on that? Um, I think there are only two reasons to look back. One reason is to revisit something that felt really good and to revisit it as often as possible. And then the second reason to look back is to look to see if there's some vibrational residue and try to untangle it very quickly, move it forward so that you can get on your merry way. So, so how, do you un- how do you untangle it? How, how do you untangle I, it? What I like to ask people to do is to look at whatever happened then from their right here and now adult perspective. Because when we are able to look at then from right now, it looks very different. From then, from right now, it looks different. Okay. Yeah. So if you're if you're if you're dealing with the childhood trauma that happened, but you see yourself in your yeah. midlife and you're 40, 50 years old, you're not that child there. So you can look at that and say, I can take care of that. I can heal you. I can be there for you. Um, yeah. So the so that child part doesn't come back up. 
That's one exactly. of the. Is that one of the steps and, you use with your clients? And really celebrate all of your strengths as where you are right here and now. And I think that um, that's very helpful for people. A lot of people don't realize that 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 is even an option. So when you're working with clients, you use this um, to for them to look at their story, but not not to get into it and entangle it by realizing where they are now is is in a safe place compared to where they may have been. Is that is that how well, you to, move forward? Exactly to understand it from our right here and now perspective, because how we see what happened then right now is very different. We're in a different place. You know, it's 40 years later. So the story changes. Yeah, we're and talking it changes about here. in such a yeah. way that when we understand it from our now perspective, it's much easier to move from where we are to where we'd like to be. And will you repeat that one more time? I, I like what you just said okay. there. Okay. okay. So when we understand what happened then, from our right here and now perspective, it becomes much easier to move forward from right here and now to where we'd like to be. And leaving that this story in the past by changing it, because we say here, change your story, change your life. And the yes. importance of changing that story is really is, is what is the key factor to making things come into your life that you want, the art of allowing. So the art of allowing is totally is a lot connected to changing your story. I guess I, I think so. I think that when yeah. we're in a place of allowing, we're really connected to ourselves. We're allowing, you know, ourselves to be right here and now and allowing others to be where they are and understanding that where others are has nothing to do with us. So in that place of allowing, you can let the good things come into your life. Um, what happens when the bad things come into your life when you're in a place of allowing too? Because, I mean, we, there are, we do live in a world of opposition. We've got to deal with the good and the bad at the same time to balance that out. I mean, I wish I lived in a perfect world where everything was happy all the time, but, but that's not always the experience. So when you're working with a client that comes to you with what I just asked you about, how would you lead me through that? Well... I call anything other than what you're wanting contrast. And contrast is a beautiful thing because from contrast, we have clarity. So I welcome contrast all the time. Contrast is a way of becoming more clear about what I want. I don't believe there is any bad. I believe it's all just contrast. It's either what we're wanting or it's something other. And so I really encourage people to embrace the contrast and to understand it as a new clarity where we can then begin to see the light to move forward to. So to have a new vision on um, looking at things as not good or bad, but just that they are that and you can learn from them. Absolutely. And, and you move can forward learn what from you that. want. Yeah. You can learn so, what you want. You're much clearer when something is not going your way. You're much clearer about what you are wanting. So to focus on what you're wanting and to quickly move towards that. Because what we think about is what we attract. When we think about what we do not want, we get more of what we do not want. But when we think about what we desire, we get so much more of what we desire. 
And that's really what it's all about. Is that what your book, The Ever-Loving Essence of You, is about? You know, The Ever-Loving Essence of You you is a book about creating a long-term connected relationship with yourself. And once again, I believe that that is the most important thing that we can do, is create this relationship with ourselves and then create it with others if we're choosing to. So it starts with yourself first. You create a relationship with yourself. Then you have something you can take out and share with others to create relationships with them. Exactly. And authentic, you have a, you authentic have a, relationships. Uh, oh, uh, okay. The authentic relationships is, is like more the true self. Exactly. And when you're connected to yourself, you are so welcoming others to authentically stay connected to themselves. And you work with clients. Um, how how do you do that? And where can people find out more about your work? I have a website. It's www.jamie-learner.com. And the way I work with clients is first go to my website and see um, if, if I resonate with you. Because once again, I think it's really important that you choose for yourself, who you want to work with. And nobody would know better for you than you. So trust yourself. You you get to decide that. Um, but I ask people to take personal responsibility and to um, purchase a block of time and then to contact me and to let me know how much time they would like. So it really requires you knowing yourself what you need. And then scheduling that time with me. That's um, a that different ap- approach to um, coaching. I, I, or, or, or I like that approach. I don't know if you call it coaching. What, what would you call yourself, um, Jamie? You know, I just assist people in assisting themselves. So okay. I, I think the part that is so wonderful about that is it becomes so empowering, self-empowering, when people understand that they do know what's best for themselves. You know, how would I know what you need? You know what you need in this moment, and it could change in the next moment. But it it really gives people the sense that, yes, you know, you do know what's best for you. And how can I assist you in further knowing that? I like that. How How can I assist you? How How can I assist you in knowing what's best for you? That's a great way to approach things. It's a really nice way for people, you know, to to take personal responsibility, and to trust themselves. So So you are a pioneer out teaching people how to go out and learn how to go inside and trust themselves. Um, Maybe an assistant, a teacher, but just somebody who shows the way, like a way sayer, like the light I was talking about. You've opened your light, it's under a bushel, you're shining in the room, and helping others see that they have a light too. Yes, and I think that our responsibility as teachers is to be the living, breathing example. I think that's the best that we can do for people, is to walk our talk and to show people through our example of what's possible. And it really works well. I, you know, I there's like no, e- no ego showing, in this at all. No, and showing from your example, we will draw others to you. Um, do you have a message that you would like to leave with our listeners um, here in the garden today? I've never heard anyone ever say, I wish I hadn't trust myself. 
but I hear people all the time say, I wish I had trusted myself. So trust yourself because you know whether you don't know sometimes how or why you know, but you know, you always know for yourself. So trust that. And again, where can they go and find more out more about you, Jamie? Um, www.jamie-lerner.com. And right. the book is available on Amazon. It's a short, sweet, very easy read. Okay, and, so, and the name of the book again? The Ever-Loving Essence of You. Great. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for sharing time in the garden with us today. I appreciate that. And um, going out and teaching about the art of allowing because that will change so many things. By changing your story, you change your life. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So go and look up Jamie slash learner and .com and she's the author of the book The Ever-Loving Essence of You and learn more about the art of allowing. Thank you for spending time in the garden here today. I appreciate this time that we get to connect and be together and listen in next week where I'm having Sonia Crochette who is a psychic medium coming in and talking to us about sharing in the garden. Until then, namaste. May the light of love follow you. Thank you for listening to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Christy Ellen hopes that you will join her on another journey next Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Empowerment Channel.